you doing this morning? Huh? It's holiday. Who's feeling like holiday? <laughs> okay. All right. So, yeah, so I, I actually, um, preparing this message, this message is unlike a holiday type of message. It's almost like the one you do at the start of a term kind of thing. And it's not the one that you do when everybody wants to go and rest. <laughs> and it's this, um, and I, I really believe this message is actually something of the Lord that wants to come and stir something within us. Um, so, yeah, so let's go for it. Um, can you put up that first picture of a, well, if you remember this, huh? A cold stove, a cold stove. <laughs> um, and it works with this black anthracite. Um, and I remember as a kid, I was, I think, in the primary school, we had one of these in our kitchen. And these things were amazing. Um, I mean, if you get it hot, it warms up the whole house. And through that whole day, my mom could cook on that cold st stove the whole day. So as this thing was going, and we, I'm, I'm from Bethel in Pumalanga, nah? not Bethel in the Bible, but Bethel, <laughs> you spell it with the A, not with the E, <laughs> Bethel. And um, so it was very cold there. It's like um, the type of cold that you, the taps freeze and so, but having this thing in the house was really amazing. Now, what's amazing about this thing um, is if it's hot, you don't touch it. And because, I mean, this whole thing is like really boiling glowing, I don't know, it gets really red hot. And I heard this phrase, and I, I was thinking of this stove when I heard this phrase, and it goes like, a fly does not sit on a hot stove. Who of you have ever seen a fly sit on a hot stove? No. <laughs> well, if it did, you don't see him anymore, <laughs> because <laughs> it was dead. Um, they say actually flies can sit on hot food. They've got this heat um, kind of resistance. Uh, you probably have experienced that. <laughs> but they, until you get a skurtflieg, and that thing goes and it <laughs> chases the fly away. But the thing is, a fly does not sit on a hot stove. And, and the thing is, what I, I felt is many of us are actually plagued in this time with a lot of tests and trials. And the enemy is actually coming. I hear so many stories of people that's really in a battle, really going through some really tough things. And I felt the Lord says, a fly does not sit on a hot stove. And there's something of a zeal and a, a fire in Jesus that the Lord wants to come and awaken within us as a congregation. That that fly, when it comes, it finds somebody that is red hot in love with Jesus. And he cannot sit on that. His that thing is like, yo, Maris, I've been, just been so tormented by the enemy. You don't have to submit to that. You don't have to let sit under the, the things of what the enemy wants to throw. It's like I see Christians, they like the whole time wash away that way, and the enemy comes and he pushes you that way. And, put, and it's just like, it's, um, it's like Joel David when he woke up this morning, he, he, he felt like a bit of physical thing. So he's pushing me around, <laughs> just stretching. And I think the enemy sometimes comes and he pushes and he, and he just want to see some reaction, something. Just what, and we, we get so in, in this thing, it's like, no, we got a spiritual warfare. Guys, we are not to be, a, the enemy doesn't have that right to push us around. If you're red hot for Jesus, he cannot come and sit on you or push you around. There's a scripture I want to read to us. It's in um, Romans 12, verse 11. It says, Do not be slothful in zeal, 
Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. I'm going to read that again. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Now, you, you're seeing where I'm going. Usually at the end of the term, I was like, oh, go rest well. <laughs> go have holiday. <laughs> but this scripture is like, there's something of, of do not be slothful. And I was thinking of this word slothful. Now, you can put up the next picture there. Now, that thing is called a sloth. <laughs> Who of you have ever heard of a sloth? Huh? They, they're from Brazil. Chloe, you probably will see them there. <laughs> but <laughs> they're quite, they've, I, if, you, if, you, if you hear some of their character traits, you would actually understand why they're called a sloth. Um, so here's some things. Um, a sloth can only move 40 meters a day. They are so slow. So if they start moving, the, the farthest distance that they can move in a day is 40 meters, half of a football field. That is how far they can move in a day. A sloth can, uh, um, sleeps 15 hours a day. So most of the day, this thing, this animal... It looks cute, uh, <laughs> except for the, <laughs> uh, it sleeps for 15 hours a day. Who of you would like to be that? <laughs> it's like just sleep, 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 sleep. <laughs> and, and then, interesting about a sloth, it's three times stronger than a human. It is a very strong thing because it's hanging in trees the whole time. It spends most of its time in a tree hanging to hide away from anything because it can't move quickly. So it's, it's the strong, cute, I won't say ugly, <laughs> little thing. <laughs> and um, and they, they, they just, they live in the trees, treetops. And um, something interesting, now this might gross you out. So just if you don't, if you grossed out quickly. So just, it only goes to the toilet once a week. And that means it needs to go down the trees once a week. <laughs> and you know why? Because when it digests food, it takes them weeks to digest one leaf. <laughs> so they can go. So it's really, this thing is just like eating it slow. <laughs> Moving it slow. And then the only thing that they do that is fast is when they go to the toilet, they say these things are, they can fall from very high, long, high distances and not get hurt. They've got like this um, ability to fall like 30 meters and further. And then they would, so that one time in the week, they just fall out of the tree. <laughs> go to the toilet. And this is the gross part. When they go to the toilet, it says they can, they, they relieve themselves of a third of their body weight. <laughs> so these creatures are cre really gross, slow. I don't know what to say. But it says, the Bible says, says do not be slothful. <laughs> do not be that one that only pops out once a week at church. <laughs> I got that one from Julie too. <laughs> and you bring all your stuff. And, and you are so, you want to just, come on church, fix me. <laughs> I bring all my stuff this week. I just fix me church. Um, I just want to get, the Bible says, do not be slothful. And the word slothful means 
lazy, lacking in ambition, lack of desire. Um, it's, it's really, there's a laziness about somebody that's slothful. And you can see in this creature, okay, you can take that off. Um, you can put a scripture, Romans 12 verse 11, up again. But it says, be, do not be slothful in zeal. Now, zeal is actually completely the opposite. Zeal, um, the meaning of zeal is to be eager, to do something with the imp implication of readiness to expend energy. Now, that thing it does not, is not ready to expend energy. <laughs> it is like it's slothful. But somebody that is zealous um, is ready to expend energy, ready to, to expend this energy. It means here to be devoted. Um, to be eager. And, and there's just this thing of zeal is completely, and, and now this scripture says, do not be lazy in expending your energy on Jesus. Do not hold back in being in love with Jesus. And then it says here, I just want to go to, the, do not be slothful in zeal, but be fervent in the spirit. So it's actually saying the same thing. Um, and it says this thing is like, fervent means boiling over. Being stirred by the Holy Spirit to well up, to bubble, to boil, to glow. Somebody that is fervent is glowing. Remember when we started off this year, I said, those who look to Him are radiant. And somebody that is fervent is somebody that's glowing, that is boiling over, that is um, bubbling forth. And you know what? The Bible is full of people like that, full of people that was fervent in spirit. Now it goes on. Be fervent in spirit, and here's the focus of your fervency. Serve the Lord. Serve the Lord. That word serve is the same word that is used. Do not serve. You cannot serve two masters. You cannot be a slave to, the, to mammon. And you, you can only serve. So it says serve God. Be fervent in your zeal. Be fervent. Be eager to expend energy in your love for Jesus. And there is so many, so many examples in the Bible. And I felt to actually the one character that the Lord wanted us to look at just to somebody that was fervent, somebody that was zealous, is Stephen. Stephen, where are you? <laughs> Where's Stephen? <laughs> there, there he is. Okay. Now, Stephen of the Bible, <laughs> but probably the Stephen also. Um, it's an, there's only two chapters that we read of this guy. And, and it's just, he left such an impact. That, that was so powerful. And we're going to read some of the scriptures of this guy's life. So in Acts 6, we come across the church has this problem. That they, the, the, the Hellenistic Jews, the Greek-speaking Jews, they, 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 they're complaining. It's like we are overlooked with the, 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 the tables, the like, distributing of food. So they, the, the disciples gather and say, we need to make a plan. So they say, let us pick seven men. And this is in verse 3. It says, Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit and of wisdom. Just say that with me. Full 
of the Spirit and of wisdom. So when, when you hear me say fool, I want you to say fool. Okay, so listen up when I go through the Scripture. Fool of the Spirit. Fool. <laughs> yeah, you're getting it. Cool, all right. Okay, so full of the Spirit. <laughs> Just checking. Okay, cool. And then, it, and then in verse 5, yes, who they cho- chose. Verse 5. And, they, and what they said pleased the whole gathering. Is it up there? I'm going to read here. It says, and they chose Stephen. Okay, this is where we read of Stephen. A man full of faith. And of the Holy Spirit. So they chose Stephen because he had a good reputation. He was full of faith. And he was full of the Holy Spirit. And then it says like this problem was solved. And then we read in verse um, 11. It says, uh, no, no, sorry. Verse 7. Um, after they've put this into place. The word of God continued to increase. The number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and great many of priests became obedient to the faith. So because of them doing this thing, there was actually the church multiplied. And, and they, they chose these men that are full of the Spirit, and they started um, working. Now verse 8, now we, we, we read what Stephen did. And he says, and Stephen full. <laughs> Come on, guys, say it. Stephen full. Of grace and power was doing great wonders and signs among the people. Now, he was waiting tables. He was not an apostle. But Stephen, full of grace and of power, was doing signs and wonders and miracles. You cannot be full of grace if you're not a humble guy. Good God, resist the pride. You cannot be full of, of God's power unless the Spirit of God is, is, is residing within you. And Stephen was full of the Spirit. He was bubbling over. He was fervent. He was boiling over. He wasn't just full. There was something of Stephen that he was full of the Spirit. Now, obviously, when you're full of the Spirit and you're standing out, now he gets this bit of dispute with some of these guys of the, they called, um, of the synagogue of freedom. And these Syrians and Alexandrians, they started disputing with Stephen. And then verse 10, it says, But they could not withstand the wisdom and the Spirit with which he was speaking. They could not withstand. This guy was just so wise, the wisdom. And I believe it's an overflow because of his fullness of God, being full of the Spirit. And it says they could not withstand this guy. Here's this guy who just dealt with tables. Normal person in church, but he was full of the Spirit. And he quieted these guys with his, 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 his wisdom of God and of his kingdom. It was just so beautiful for me to read this. And then they started making plans to actually take him out. So they give people, they, they start spreading word that he's saying some false thing about the, the law and about, and um, so it goes on. And then verse 15, they, or before that, they bring him to actually do a trial, like speak to him. And, 
And everyone that was looking at him at verse 15 says, And gazing at him, all who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel. Fervent, glowing. Those who looked to him are radiant. He was glowing with the radiancy of what he was full of. And then verse 1 from chapter 7. And the high priest said, Now these accusations that we have brought against you, um, are these things true? Then Stephen said. <laughs> now for 50 verses, which we're not going to read now, this guy gets up and he preaches. He does one of the most detailed historical accounts from Abraham to Solomon. And he goes through the scriptures. And I, I can imagine it can, it can either be one of two cases. Like he was so bubbling over that he starts speaking of the scriptures. And, or he was scared at that moment. And he's just like, he, he knows he actually have to tell these guys some real true things. So he started at Abraham and say, you know Abraham? Yeah, yeah, we know Abraham. <laughs> you know David? Yeah, we know David. So he goes through everything that they're agreeing with. And for 50 verses, he goes through the scriptures. And maybe he did this the other way, like zeal. And like, but maybe he was also just human. And he was going, and he's in the situation, and he's thinking of what happened to Jesus. He was in the same situation. What is going to happen? And then in verse 50, sorry guys, I'm jumping through this. I'm, I want to just want you to see this. Um, verse 51, he ends up speaking about the tabernacle of Moses and uh, of, of Solomon and the, tab, uh, the temple. And then he says, yet the, verse 48, yet the Most High does not dwell in houses made by the hands of prophets. So he speaks about God's desire to be with his people and be in, for his people to be in his presence. And then verse 51, he shifts a gear. <laughs> and he does this. He says, you stiff-necked people. <laughs> so I think he was building up. Moses, yes, Moses. <laughs> and Joshua, yeah. And then he goes, you stiff-necked people. And like, who? <laughs> and they were like, what? What's happening here? And he says, um, uncircumcised in the heart, verse 51. And, and, and in ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did. And so do you. So he's like, this is who you are. Now this guy starts manifesting. Because obviously they agreed with everything that he said up to this point. But now he's calling them a stiff-necked people. He's calling them prideful. He's calling them like you resist the work of the Holy Spirit. And what, ha what happens? They actually want to stone him. And their teeth were grinding. In verse um, 54, it says, Now when they heard these things, they were in enraged. And they grind ground their teeth. If you when that happens, with somebody, it's like, okay. But they grind their teeth. And then verse 55, it says, but he, who, Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. His fervency was to the extent that it boiled over to the place. Every, every place that we read of Jesus at the right hand of the Father, he's sitting. 
most of the scriptures, this is one of the, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not aware of another scenario, but where Jesus is standing. After this sermon of 50 verses, Jesus stood up. And I can just imagine after a, like this show, like, um, and, and, or somebody brought a word, and everybody's like, standing ovation. I can just imagine Jesus standing there. It's like, <laughs> that's my boy, kid. You just see he's full of me. He's full of the zeal. Do you see? He's the first. He's going to be. No, you didn't say that. But he's going to be the first martyr in Jesus' excitement. This is the first one that's walking in and laying his life down to the extent that I have laid down my life. And Jesus stands in that moment. And you see, Stephen, he sees the glory of God. His fire within his bones, the, the, the boiling over, his zeal boils over to the place where he sees Jesus and his glory. And we are, not, we are called to not be slothful. We are called to be fervent and boil over it's for the glory of who he is. To boil over in our relationship with Jesus and to glorify him through the way that we live. And the other response of people that's not full of His Spirit, grind their teeth. They stoned Him. Isn't that just a reflection of even like when we're not full of God, how we actually just start fighting against what God wants to do? It's only by the Spirit that we can step into that which God has for us. And then... Stephen, full of the Spirit, in verse 59, he says this, and this is so beautiful. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against him. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. That was his life. Two chapters, we get introduced to this guy, the first martyr after Jesus. And he was full of the Spirit. He was full of grace. Let me just refresh you on the things that he was full of. Stephen was full of the Spirit and of wisdom. Full of faith of the Holy Spirit. Full of grace and of power. Full of the Holy Spirit. What are you full of? What am I full of? Am I filled with fear? Am I filled with anger, bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness? Is that what I'm full of? What are you full of? Full of myself? It's just about me, 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 me. It's just about me. You know, that's one thing that COVID has done. It has focused our attention on us, our comfort. We have forgotten how, what it is to lay down our lives for, for Jesus. And it's not my life that is important, Jesus. I, wanna be, I don't want to be slothful in zeal. I want to be fervent in the Spirit. I want to boil over in the Holy Spirit. That is who God has called us to be as a church. He's called us to be fervent, to boil over, to glow. Those who look at Him are radiant. 
And as I was preparing this, I was thinking, Lord, but I think of that person's story. They're really going through a difficult situation. And I think of that person, and they're also going through a really difficult situation. Now I'm coming, and I'm saying, hey, be zealous for Jesus. Be fervent. He's like, Morris, you don't understand what I'm going through. You don't understand my trial. You don't understand the thing that I have to face. A fly does not sit on a hot stove. And I actually want to come and pull you out of that place of where you like, I am punished daily. I'm tormented by the enemy to rise, being full of the Holy Spirit. Get out of that mud. Lift your head and say, he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. And we do this by being full of the Spirit. I want to read you a story of a lady um, who had a different perspective on life. She had every reason to, to be slothful. She had every reason to, to moan and complain and to grumble. But this is her testimony. There's a story called of there's a story of a lady called Fanny Crosby, the American hymn writer of the 19th century. She descri- she described a life-changing incident that's hap- that happened um, to her as a baby. When she was about six weeks old, I was taken sick, and my eyes grew very weak. And those who had charge of me, um, poultice, I, don't, I haven't seen that word, it's probably very high English, um, poultice my eyes. It means actually they, 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 did, they wrapped her eyes with bandage and so. Um, and their, their lack of knowledge and skill destroyed my sight forever. As I grew older, they told me I should never see the faces of my friends the flowers of the field, the blue of the skies, and the golden beauty of the stars. Soon I learned that other children possess, what other children possessed, but I made up in my mind to store away a little jewel in my heart, which I called content. In fact, Fanny Crosby was, the only, eight, was only eight years old when she wrote this song. Oh, what a happy soul I am. Although I cannot see, I'm resolved that in this world, contented, contented I will be. How many blessings I enjoy that other people don't. To weep and sigh because I'm blind, I cannot, I won't. And this contented worshiper went on to write around 8,000 hymns of praise. Those thousands of songs were simply the result of a fire that burned in her heart for Jesus and could not be put out. Someone asked her, Fanny, do you wish you had not been blinded? She replied in a typical style, well, the good thing about being blind is that the very face I will see will be the face of Jesus. She had a different perspective. Even though she couldn't see, there was a fire that burned in her heart, and she used Her ability, she wrote 8,000 songs. Keenan, how many have you written? (laughs) 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 Do not be be slothful, Israel. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Come on, come on. Get up. Um, And just the, 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 the zeal and the fervency of this lady, she had a different perspective. She lived. To see the face of Jesus. And I can imagine when Stephen stood and he saw Jesus standing in that moment. I'm thinking it's a 
standing ovation that Jesus did. It's like, well done, good and faithful servant. It could have been that he stood to welcome him into heaven because he was the first martyr. It could have been like even to judge those that there's many, many commentaries about that. But I, when I read that, I saw this, like Jesus standing. It's like, oh, faith, zeal, full of me. And I want to give a moment this morning. That's what I want to share. And we're going to respond in worship this morning. Are we going to, we, Fanny said she, she knows she's just going to see the last, the first face that she will see will be Jesus. But this morning, because of what Jesus has done in the cross, I think Skulk prayed it in the start. It's like, because of what Jesus has done, we can see Jesus. And there's ability for him to come and fill us with his spirit, empty us out of fear. Maybe you are full of fear at this moment. Maybe you're tormented with anxiety. Maybe in your, you struggle to sleep just because of anxiety attacks. I believe there might be some here this morning that that's actually a reality. And, and you actually want to give up. I want to tell you, Jesus can come and empty you out of that. And fill you with who he is. I don't know if you saw a glass with dirty water in, and then if you start pouring pure water in it, it cleans out the, the, that loss, and the dirt actually flows over. Could it be that if we are boiling over with Jesus, that he can start washing out the fear, washing out the anger, washing out the, the, the selfishness, the pride, Maybe you're not full of grace. You're not seeing the favor of God because you're walking in pride. And Jesus coming and cleansing that part out by His Spirit. So can we just pray quickly, please? Father, I thank you that you have left us with such powerful examples in the scriptures. Like a guy like Stephen. Two chapters. But wow, Lord. A guy that lived his life with such fervency and such zeal that you stood, Lord. In, 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 I don't know exactly why he did that, but God, I can imagine. He's like, I'm proud. That's my boyki. Well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. Lord, and, and I just pray, Lord, that, that this morning there will be a moment of an emptying out of ourselves, an emptying out of, of those things um, that, that, is, um, that is like filling us up. And, and what comes out, when you, when you cut us, fear comes up. When you, when you bump to me, um, offense comes up because we're full of resentment. We're full of bitterness. Lord, I pray that this morning that you will come and Pull that out of us, Lord. That even some of us are tired and needs rest. But these things, these things are actually what's tiring us out. And we only need to encounter you to be refreshed in the Spirit, Lord. So I trust you right now that you will come by your Spirit. I can't do anything right now, but that you will come and convict. And that you will come and lay on hearts. What are the things that I'm full of that I need to bring before Jesus? So just take a moment as, I'm, as, as we're getting to worship. 